Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Lauren Kidd. Lauren is a business coach and content creation strategist to the busy mompreneur. She's the founder of the ever-growing mompreneur Facebook business group called Mommies on a Mission. She's also the owner of athomeentrepreneur.com, where she breaks down tips, tricks, and secrets that will skyrocket your online business with less stress and work. She and her husband, Doug, were both bitten by the entrepreneurial bug from a young age and have continued to successfully grow their businesses while raising a beautiful two-year-old baby boy. Lauren helps the busy stay-at-home mom find time to start, run, and grow a six-figure online business while being present in their kiddos' lives. I'm so excited to chat with Lauren today about balancing entrepreneurship and motherhood, so let's dive right in. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I cannot wait to chat more about balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just kind of how you got started doing it all. Jenny, thanks so much for having me. I am super excited to be here with you. So a little bit about myself. I have been a personal trainer for oh my, 14 years now, and my background has always been health, fitness, and that sort of business. But three years ago, three-ish years ago, my husband and I found out that we were going to have our little boy. And I decided, well, pregnancy cravings had me eating McDonald's and gross (laughs) stuff that um, health and fitness really wasn't my passion (laughs) in the moment. But what I did love about my health and fitness business was teaching and teaching women how to grow their businesses. And I was much better on the backside than I was on the actual Hey, come, come work out with me. So I kind of decided while pregnant that I really wanted to take that business and I wanted to transition it into coaching so that I could relate to more people. I got the, I understood the, the mom life of, Oh my gosh, it's just exhausting even while pregnant. And I was like, this is going to be a crazy time management situation. And I just kind of wanted to see how it evolved. And then at homeentrepreneur.com was born out of the, one afternoon of sitting there eating McDonald's going, wow, this doesn't really fit my lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So basically you coach other mothers. What do you, would you uh, coach them about? And do you offer any other services other than coaching? I, um, I am a business coach and a content creation strategist. I teach moms how to start run and grow five, six figure online businesses selling what they know. So really I, I get, talking with them when I get them as a one-on-one client and I I kind of see exactly what it is they know how to do really well because everybody has something that is marketable. Everybody knows something that somebody else doesn't know and they can package that and teach that and share that. So I take what they know and I teach them how to form a business based on what they know, but doing it while being present in their kids' lives because that's the foundation for us moms is that we do want to be there for our kids even when we have these big dreams about running our own businesses. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love how niche it is because, you know, there's a lot of like business coaches out there that are general business coaches and they kind of take on pretty much 
um, anyone as long as they feel aligned with it. But having it niche down to just being moms is really good, not only for you, but for the mom be, too, because you, you understand what they're going through and you can relate to that versus people who just take, who aren't mothers, who take on mothers and then they don't have that experience. <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> Yeah, because I am not a mom, but I do some social media coaching and things like that. Um, so kind of having that integration is really, really cool. And um, I think it sets you apart from people who are just, you know, a general business coach. So. <clears throat> so, I, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry. Oh, no, I was going to say, I totally get that because my last coach who I worked with, while I got a lot of great content and a lot of great tips from her, she was just like, I'll oh, just sit down at like one o'clock in the afternoon and just do this. And I'm like, well, um, bedtime's not until one thirty, almost two o'clock. So that's not going to really work. She's like, oh, well, that works with my schedule. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not a mom yet either. So I don't really understand that um, quite yet. Um, but I, I mean, I do understand it, but I just don't, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't reside in you. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get why you need to be present at certain times and stuff like that. But that's the good thing about owning your own business. You don't really need to, um, you know, you can be with your kids when you want to be with your kids. You don't have to be doing things at times where you're not able to, you know, like you would exactly five, where you're like, okay, you're stuck here from nine to five or eight to five or whatever it is. And you can't, you know, your kids are at daycare or with a babysitter or something like that. So yeah, it's like really cool to have that flexibility. And that's kind of the reason, part of the reason why I really want to go in business for myself, because when I do have children, I really want to be able to be there for them. And, you know, daycare is super expensive. So <laughs> trying to avoid that as well. It's also full of germs. So, I mean, I just, uh, just avoid that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, your kids are probably, or if in daycare, they would get sick a lot more often. I mean, my mom said I used to get sick because they were, both my parents were working outside the home. So I went to daycare and stuff. And she said I would be sick a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, but you know, gotta do what you gotta do. Um, so kind of tell me about how you are able to kind of balance between motherhood and running your business and then like what your day-to-day -day kind of looks like. I'm sure there's no day-to-day -day that is the same, but just a general like overview of what your days typically look like. Well, I, I find this a fun question to answer because not only am I home with my kid and I'm running my business, but I also homeschool. So our days look really crazy sometimes. Um, I've been really fortunate that my kiddo sleeps until around 7 o'clock every morning, which I know some kids are like up at five o'clock in the morning. They're like, let's go, let's go. So I'm, we, we keep to a real strict schedule so that bedtime is the same time every night, nap time is the same time every day. So that way we keep, you know, that repetition going. So I do have pockets of time where he's unconscious, we'll say, <laughs> and I, I can get work done. Um, I will say that I've always been a night owl. Yeah. But I realized that during my whole first year as a business coach, while my business grew and my client base grew and everything was really getting ramped up, I noticed that I was staying up later and later and later and later and later, which, you know, for yourself without kids, that's fantastic. You can sleep in until 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the yeah. morning. But as a mom, <laughs> you can't do that because you know, the kid gets up and then you have to do stuff. And you, for us, we have lessons to teach. We've got meals to make. I've got a house to take care of. 
um, because I'm not the, the mom yet who has fully let go of house cleaning to mm -hmm. a housekeeper. I've done that route before. I really just like to clean my house. It's, it's, a, it's a nitpicky thing. So I have a house to take care of. And so what I realized, and I started this at the beginning of this year, I decided that I just put my mind to it. I was going to be a morning person. I started going to bed a little earlier each night and then getting up a little earlier each morning. And what I found, while annoying at first um, and really dreading the mornings, what I found was that I was so much more productive in the mornings. One, because I'd had my time to, to get up and read and meditate and have my coffee. And then I was in complete silence. The, the, everybody was asleep in the house. There was a different kind of quiet than what it was, say, after bedtime. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of like feel as, as woo as this sounds, the universe is just calm. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've actually started to become a more of a morning person. And I get up somewhere around 3.30, 4.30 in the morning. Um, and I start my day, I get up, and I have just like this routine. I get up, I turn off my alarm, I check the monitor to make sure everything's good, brush my teeth, come out, and then I make my coffee. While I make my coffee and I wait for it to brew, I sit down and I read my 10 minutes of personal development. Because as an entrepreneur, unless you're continually growing, it doesn't really you're not really moving forward. You're just going to always kind of exist. Mm -hmm. So I, I find reading at least 10 minutes a day just kind of helps me move forward on top of whatever coach I'm working with or whatever training program I'm in. And then I drink my coffee and then I just get going. And I think my biggest, biggest tip is always um, when you're, when you're starting out in business and you're trying to create a routine and you're really trying to focus on the actual work that needs done is when you sit down to work, you just, you just don't get on social media yeah. just for the first hour or so. Just dive into your to-do list. I check over my to-do list to see what I have to do. And then I just get started. If I get on Facebook, my whole morning is shot because then I'll find myself in my group and I'll be answering questions because my group is so lively or I'll be in my mastermind group. Um, and I'll be, I'll be answering their questions because that's a paid membership group. So I, of course I want to be in there, but if I'm in there and I'm on there, then I get myself scrolling and then I'm like, Oh, I want to engage here. And then nothing gets done. So it's a, black hole. <laughs> it's a black hole of social media. So I really just try to, to get up, do my reading, drink my coffee and then dive right in so that I have that two, three, sometimes four hours if he sleeps a little longer to just really get my work, big chunks of my work done. I schedule the bigger tasks in the morning. That way when he wakes up, my computer goes away, my notes go away, my phone goes on the charger because by then it's dead. And it's, it's my son's time. It's my household chores time. It's our errands time. And then again, at nap time, I will open up my laptop or I'll do our podcast interviews or I'll check in with my one-on-one -on -one clients. And then when nap time's over, it's dinner time, play time, family time, and then bedtime for everybody because mornings come really early now. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I'm completely opposite. Like I mentioned before, I don't have kids yet, so I can be a night owl and I always have been a night owl. And that's just for me personally, when my best ideas happen, like I will be up at midnight and all of a sudden something will come to me and then I just have to map it out and start planning. And that's just like always when my best ideas have come to me. And what I do is I, during the day, I work on client work and stuff like that, but I reserve my own personal projects. So like courses and things like that. 
um, I reserve that for nighttime. So during the day, I'm still active. I'm doing interviews and all these kinds of things. But obviously, because I need to be doing that during the day versus at night, because my husband would be like, why are you recording an interview? <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like, I reserve things that um, where my creative energy needs to be had is at night. So I reserve, like, all that stuff for night. And I just, that's what works for me. I probably, when I have a child, I will have to adjust my schedule, um, unfortunately, because I really <laughs> like staying up late. I don't know. It just really helps me. Um, I just, yeah, like you in the mornings, you feel like it's quiet. And for me, that's just like the whole world is like quiet to me at nighttime. I don't have clients like asking me questions and things like that. So um, I'm probably going to have to change my schedule in the future. But right now I'm really enjoying like my nighttimes. Oh, I totally understand. I totally ran my business, my health and fitness business and the first part of my coaching business at night. I am a, I have been a night owl since right out of, well, since even before high school ended all my corporate jobs and government jobs I worked overnight. So I'm right there with you. It's, it's not an easy transition, but yeah, I imagine it'll require a lot of coffee <laughs> in the morning, trying to wake up earlier, but um, yeah, so that's just kind of how I work, but it's always interesting to see how people can transition from a night out to a morning person and vice versa and things like that when you kind of have to, otherwise you would be exhausted all the time. Exactly. So it seems like you really do have a good balance. Like, you know, you only work when your son is sleeping or, you know, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. How do you kind of recommend getting on a schedule like that? I mean, yours is obviously a little different because you do homeschool. So it's a little more hands-on than, you know, just the typical, um, you know, staying home and having your kid at home with you. But um, so how do you, like, what do you recommend to get organized with that? It definitely takes time. Um, one of my biggest tips, and this is what I work with with a lot of my clients, is that we work on finding at first, we just work on finding time in their day, not necessarily work related time. Mm -hmm. um, because the foundation, of course, of my teaching is to, you know, be present in your kid's life. We don't want you working while they're awake if you can avoid it. Um, it's, it's absolutely okay if your kids are a little bit older. Um, and they can, you know, do side projects or even if your kids, like if you have a big project, I had a big project two weeks ago. So I did do some work while my kiddo was awake. We reserved our school time for school time. Mm -hmm. And then I put on like our French lesson on TV and then I could just sit down and he zoned out and I zoned out and we just kind of worked together. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, there's those type of things. But what we work on is trying to find just pockets of time because there's so much time in our days in any, everybody's days that we just waste, we just waste time, whether it's scrolling through Facebook or doing the dishes five times a day or doing laundry, three or four loads of laundry every day. I'm just going to tell you my laundry hamper is full because my laundry day is until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like to see my laundry hamper full. We've had extra sheets because we had uh, some wet days here and my husband has been for some reason changing clothes a million times a day. It feels like <laughs> our hamper is just full. So um, I don't exactly like seeing the hamper full, but my scheduled laundry day is until tomorrow. So I'm not going to touch it because I have other priorities that are going on. So yeah. when I work with my clients, we really try to find those excessive amount of things that can be eliminated. And we really try to work on a schedule, a, a better schedule. So whether it's, you know, maybe just doing the dishes twice a day after breakfast and then after dinner, and then just letting them sit for lunch so that you, you have that extra 15, 20 minutes right there that you can be doing something else, whether it's being involved in your kids' lives or, or playing a game or going outside or, you know, if there's, there's no kids because 
you know, schools in session or whatever, then there's, you know, another 20 minutes that they could get on and line and create something or talk to somebody or share something or that kind of thing. So there's just so many things. Social media is my biggest, the biggest culprit I think is, you know, if you find yourself sitting down on the sofa and you're just scrolling and an hour goes by and you're like, Oh my Lord, what happened? (laughs) I don't, I just, you look up sometimes and you're just like, um, what do you mean? It's midnight. I don't remember it being midnight. So (laughs) we try to find what I do is I get them to document their days for an entire week. And it sounds monotonous and it it, kind of is, but just like if you were to work with say a personal trainer at a gym and they have you track everything you eat all day long, you don't like to write it down, but the, the more you write down, the more you're like, Oh, I probably shouldn't have eaten that. So the next day you maybe don't eat that. So you have less to write and you have less to write. And then, you know, you, you start to get into a habit of, well, I didn't want to write 400 things on the meal plan. So yesterday I just had this and then this and then this, it's kind of the same thing for my clients, stay at home moms or moms in general looking to leave their job and come home and be with their kids is that we work on those tasks. Like they did the dishes 500 times a day, or they went behind their kids after every play session and cleaned up the house and, or they were constantly wiping down counters or things like that. And we try to like batch them, if you will, kind of like how we would say, you know, you batch your content for your, your business or you, you batch your videos and things like that. We batch our housework or we batch the things that are excessively done throughout the week. And then we set them on specific days. So for me, my laundry days are Tuesdays and Fridays. I will do an extra load on Sunday if we've got something coming up during the week, but that's it. My laundry basket will just have to overfill. I wash my sheets twice a week. Um, on, on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And that's the only thing I wash on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I clean the house every Sunday. That way everything's not overwhelming. You don't have to do it all in one day. You're not going to be exhausted and then you're not going to do it every day. So what used to take you three hours during the day now takes you maybe 20 minutes. So you have an extra two and a half hours just to do something else, whether it's, like I said, do an activity with your kid, work two and a half hours to work and grow your business. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really smart. Um, I, I do that same thing, or at least I try. So, I mean, I do my dishes. I actually let them sit until the evening, typically, depending on what it is. And I'll mm-hmm. do them after dinner. I don't do it multiple times a day. <laughs> I'm not much of a cleaner anyway, but I obviously know that that needs to be done. But I try to like kind of do those things only once, like no matter what it is, just because I don't want to be taking up time. And that's really good that you recommend kind of tracking everything that you're doing because it really helps you see like what you're wasting time on. And I also recommend that to my clients as well. And I tell them like, hey, like use a time tracker or something. Like, don't Mm -hmm. just write it down. Like, use a time tracker to track how long it's taking to do certain tasks. And, like, when you stop doing that one task, stop it and switch. And it takes a little bit to get kind of used to that mindset. But it's it's really helpful to see what is sucking up your time each day. Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time to write blog posts. But it's really they are just doing everything in their power not to make time for it. So that's why it's not happening. Right. Yeah, so that's something interesting that I always find when I like, even when I track my own time, because I do track my time for client tasks, because I just am curious to see how long it takes. Um, I don't do it with just regular aspects of my life, but just kind of client work, even though it's not hourly, I'm curious just to see how long I spend doing client work each week, Um, Mm -hmm. working on my own business as well. So it really helps to kind of break down that, um, the difference between 
what's client work and what's my own stuff. So yeah, I recommend trying that out if you haven't, just to kind of identify what is taking up the most of your time. And um, nine times out of 10, it's probably going to be social media. <laughs> Just because it's, it's just a time suck. And I say that as a social media manager. So I get, I get sucked into it even more because I'm not only doing my own accounts, I'm doing client accounts. And I, I feel like I'm just on social media seven all the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely difficult. So are there any systems that you have in place that kind of help you manage your time better? Um, and you know, cause you do have a limited schedule of the time that you can work on. Uh, do you use like a project management tool or like a to-do list or a planner or any of those kinds of things? Um, I work with my Erin Condren planner. I map out all of my social media shares for the week. I map out any live videos that live trainings that I need to do for the week. I put in any like major tasks that need to get accomplished in their deadlines in my planner. And then every single night before I go to bed, I write out my to-do list, what I need to do the next day. Um, mm -hmm. And I try to list it in order of um, priority. So the big tasks would go at the top, the things that I um, really don't want to do, but really have to get done. So I put those at the top so that I just go ahead and do them and I don't leave them till the end and then just push them to the next day and push them to the next day. And then you're like, Oh, poop, I got to You know, I got to do these now because the deadline's like now. Yeah. Exactly. So every night I write out my to-do list in the morning when I'm having my coffee, after I've done my personal development, I go through my to-do list and maybe I thought of something while I was brushing my teeth or making my coffee that I needed to add that I had to get done today. So I will make adjustments to my, my to-do list. Like for today, my um, to-do list was actually quite long, but yesterday we ended up making a chiropractic appointment for my son. They didn't have any appointments tomorrow, so we had to do it today. So I had to kind of shift my schedule um, so this morning while I was having coffee, three o'clock this morning, I had to move some things around and adjust some things so that it, I could still work because we had to leave a little earlier. So we had to get up earlier and the chiropractor's an hour away. And so I had to account for time for that and things like that. So, um, I just kind of had to shift things around, but I, I'm a pen and paper kind of girl. I love, um, the use of Trello for uh -huh. my daily affirmations and uh -huh. my big goals lists are in Trello and the things that I'm tracking, even for like our personal goals, what we want to accomplish at the house. Like we're looking to pay off our house in the next two years, which is our big goal. We just bought it in January. Oh wow. So we have, we have really big goals <laughs> and um, we like, we just paid off my car. We want to pay off my husband's car by the end of the year. We just put on an AC, things like that. So those will all go in my Trello boards so that I can see them and I can do um, I could check in regularly. I do keep a couple of social media posts that I just want to like go and grab real quick and I can yeah. share on those days where say I don't have anything automated. Okay. Um, but I'm typically at a pen and paper kind of girl. Uh, I just write everything down and I love the feeling of just being able to cross it off. Yeah. There's just something satisfying about being able to cross something off your list and feel that sense of accomplishment. And I can't do that with say Google calendar or Trello or I think Asana. Now you can swipe it and it deletes it, but you know, you get that satisfaction of the line across it. But yeah, for me, I am totally just a pen and paper. It's my favorite tool. I will say probably one of my backup favorite tools is on my MacBook. I have iPages. Okay. Um, and I know this sounds kind of silly cause it's just like a Microsoft word for MacBooks, but my iPages trans first to my tablet, to my cell phone. So no matter where I am, whatever I've got in my iPages, it's on all of my devices. So if I need to go and I need to grab, say, a promo for one of my customers who 
is trying to um, use their affiliate link, I just share that with them super quick. I just go in, copy, paste, and then send it to them. Or I can go in and share one of my shareables. If somebody needs something that's relatable, I can go in and just copy and paste. Or if I've got a schedule that I want to share with one of my clients, I go in and I copy and paste and send it to them. So that I think is probably one of my, my absolute favorite tech tools to use in my business. Yeah. I think it's important to have stuff like that. I have, so I use Asana now. Um, I used to use Trello, but, um, since I now have a team, I feel like Asana is a lot easier on a team because mm-hmm. it's just, it has better features. I feel like for teams, but yes, it was kind of good for like a solo. Um, but I just kind of put like my workflows in there. And then I also will put like for the podcast, I have a huge board full of all the stuff that I need. I have, and I also have like a link to my calendar. So my acuity link. And I just mm-hmm. like, if I need that, I can just pop onto that board and grab it, which makes things so much easier. So it's kind of like, what you do with um, your eye pages, but you know, within Asana. So it's so nice to be able to just like pull that when I need it and pull like my short bio and my long bio for podcast interviews and things like that instead of having to go look for an email that I sent someone three weeks ago. Um, so just having everything like that is really good. Also, I love that you mentioned you use pen and paper because I really like pen and paper too. Even though I do use digital systems, I really like to write everything down first and then put it into my Asana which yes. is kind of counter <laughs> but in the same vein, it really helps me remember what I need to do because when I write it down, I remember it better than when I type it. But I like having it digital so I can, you know, I don't have to carry around a notebook or my planner or anything. And I also love that you mentioned Erin Condren because I've been using her planners for years and now I don't necessarily use it as a planner, but more of like a scrapbook. So I have like stickers that I put in it. It kind of makes me feel like I'm like 12 or something. Uh, <laughs> I like to put the stickers on the pages and like kind of I'll write out like the task I did that week, but I don't necessarily like utilize it like that. It's just more kind of see how each week worked for me and you know what the big defining things I did that week. So if I went on vacation or, you know, I had like a really cool podcast interview that I was guest on or something like that, it's just like kind of more of a scrapbook where I outline, you know, what happened each week, but not necessarily as like a planner. That makes total sense. I actually have like a mini planner that I do something similar with that with so that I can track kind of how my business went. I even make notes about how many clients I took on that week or maybe how if a client didn't show or the reason they didn't show or things like that. That way I can kind of track to see, you know, how my business is growing or where I can, you know, move things around or eliminate certain people, like maybe if it's not working or if it's not working for them or me or things like that. So I can, I can kind of track that. So I do that in a, as a smaller version of my Erin Condren. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of whatever works for you. Cause I know a lot of people prefer, prefer just using digital completely, but I like to kind of dabble in both, but not so that everything is just all over the place. I like to kind of have it like, okay, this is what this is for. And this is what this is for. So it's not like I have three different tools saving the same, serving the same purpose. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. My biz bestie is like hardcore, everything digital. And the other day when her internet went down, she couldn't get anything done because <laughs> she couldn't get to anything. So I'm over here going, neener, neener, neener. Cause That's you know, happened to me before too. It's so it's, it's like one of those things of like, I love technology, but I hate it. I think that's probably my biggest drawback to putting everything out there on technology is that, you know, I've got that old mentality where, oh my gosh, somebody's going to steal it or, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, what if the the platform just goes down one day and like never comes back up? Like, you know, because they always say you don't own anything except for your email list and your website, which is very true. So it's like, 
you know, you don't own Trello or Asana. What if they just go out of business, which I don't think is going to happen, but. Right. But yeah. there's that's still that thing is where you're just not sure. And I'm, I'm only, I'm only 32. I say that loosely. I'm only 32, but I have that, you know, maybe 50, 60 year old mentality where, oh, I don't trust the internet <laughs> Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> when it comes to putting favorite. everything out there. Yeah. My dad's like, what do you do on Facebook? I'm like, dad, just don't worry about it. And he's like, what? You, you do people's social media? Like, well, how does that make people money? I'm like, dad, just don't just, I make money and I use social media. Like we're not going to go into it any further. It would be <laughs> trying to explain it. And he's like, well, you know, that's good that you make money, but I just don't get it. I'm like, okay, well, you don't need to understand. <laughs> uh oh, yeah, I'm right there with you on that. My mother has no idea what I do. She's like, you what? You help people? You pay mom's money? I'm like, yeah, mom. She's like, so you make money? I'm like, uh huh. She says, I don't get it. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, same. And my mom tries to understand. She's a little more like excited about it for me, but she still doesn't. She's, she's still like, can you explain to me again what you do? I'm like, mom. <laughs> Like, I know it's not as easy to explain as being like a teacher or something, but it's not that difficult. I mean, my mom right. has like social media, so she's a little more savvy than my dad. My dad doesn't even have Facebook, but it's just kind of funny, like seeing the different generations and how they approach the internet. Exactly. <laughs> so now let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone that comes onto the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? Oh boy. My favorite part about it is that I'm able to be home with my son and I have the ability to homeschool, which was our ultimate goal when we found out that we were pregnant is that we knew from the get-go that we wanted to homeschool and my business was doing really well, but I no longer had that fire for it. So I knew that I really wanted to transition into something that would sustain that lifestyle that we were used to and even grow it more, but still allow me to stay home, create my own schedule, and then homeschool. So for me, being an entrepreneur just means that I am here. I am I'm able to just, like this morning when we had to just change our schedule and get up and go to the chiropractor for my kiddo, we could because I didn't have to call my boss and be like, hey, I need the day off, or can I take just the morning off because my son needs to go here, and this is why. I didn't have to ask anybody. I just kind of moved my schedule a bit. I have that freedom. And to me, that is the entire foundation for my business is my son and my family, just being able to actually be present for them while still being able to earn an income. Yeah, I love that. And I know this sounds silly because it's not a kid, but um, I have a dog. He is like almost two years old, but he gets into everything. So I feel like I'm always going to the vet, whether he has like <laughs> injury or something. It's like, geez, I have a kid almost because he acts like one. But um, like just the days that like I have to take him to the vet on a whim, like I wouldn't be able to do that if I had my nine to five still. So it's been nice like being able to do things like that or, you know, run errands in the middle of the day when no one's at the grocery store and things like that, just to, um, just because I have my own business now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your favorite tool that you use within your business? I know we kind of talked a little bit about pen and paper and Trello. Um, but is there anything else that like you couldn't live without, whether that's like an accounting software or like in a booking link system, like acuity or something that really helps you in your business? Honestly, I think probably Bitly, <laughs> as silly as that sounds. Um, I love Bitly, bit.ly, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's really weird that they break it up, but it's probably one of my favorite, we'll say overrated, overlooked business tools because when you create a blog, and I love my blog at, at homeentrepreneur.com, 
they get really long in the titles and then to, to go and share that you're like, okay, at home entrepreneur forward slash this date forward slash this forward slash, you know, all these things. Instead of that, I can just go into bit.ly and create a little short link with a little blurb of what it is. And then bam, there's a, there's a quick link to something and I can save all those in my notes section of my tablet or my phone or my computer. And again, just like iPages that translates to all of my devices. So if I ever need one of those links, I just go in and grab that quick short link and then I can share it with somebody. So like if somebody's like, I don't know how to get what I want out of life. I can just quick send them my five tips to manifesting blog on, you know, how to get what they want and how to be in a better mind frame. Or if somebody's looking for a time management tool, I can quick send them the link to one of my blogs on finding time in their day as a mom or even as a solopreneur. Um, I could send them that, but I love, love, love bit.ly. Yeah. Bit.ly is a great tool. So I don't actually use it for my blog posts, but I do use it like I have a free Pinterest course and I have a couple like free email courses and I'll use it for that. Um, and I'll just mm-hmm. be a free pin course or something. Um, but it just kind of helps because those URLs get all wonky and you don't even half the time. It's like, I don't even know why these are the characters that they selected for me. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I just like to do it like that. Um, just so I have that to send, especially for like when I'm promoting in Facebook groups and things like that, it just makes it a lot easier than just copying and pasting the weird URL that they provide for you. I think um, it's also really easier for people to remember that like if you create a special little blurb at the end obviously they're going to know what bit.ly is they're just going to remember the bit.ly and then forward slash and then whatever that cute little tag so like i have um i have a worksheet that i do it's it's how to create 100 days of content in just a few minutes so it's a bit.ly link but it just it's 100 days of content so it's pretty easy to remember and i can just i don't even have to go and copy the link at this point i just go in and do a little whatever http and then there it is. So, but it's easy to, for people to remember. So if they just scrolled past it at some point, they're like, Oh, it was a bit.ly link. What was the little catch to? So yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the, I don't know if you're on WordPress, but WordPress has a plugin called pretty links. I really like to use that for my affiliate links. Cause it'll be like in slash convert kit or something because I have heard of it. I haven't installed it though. I'm a little, I don't know, skeptical we'll say of it. Um, I really haven't done much looking into it. <laughs> Great. Um, cause you know how Con- convert kit, if you're an affiliate, they give you like a really strange URL. It was like X to yeah. you know, something weird. Um, so I just have it like, and it makes it easier for a podcast episode. So I'll be like, Hey, go to confettisocial.com slash convert kit to get your free 30 day trial or something. And it just makes it so much easier to remember than like, even a bit.ly because you know, it, it's just your website, you're all slash convert kit or site ground or whatever you're promoting teachable. Um, but yeah, if you want to kind of like make your affiliate links a little prettier, um, I recommend checking that out. It's, it's not, I understand why you're skeptical, but it's, it's not something it's really easy to use. And I, I think it makes it easier for your audience too, because they just like do your website slash whatever the promotion is. I totally just wrote it down. I'm going to go check it out when we're done. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Um, This could be someone who inspires you and just like that creates content that you just can't stop consuming. Um, I would probably have to say my first foremost um, fell in love with somebody when I decided that I got out of high school, hated college and wanted to become like a full-time entrepreneur uh, Shalene Johnson. 
Mm. I have been to so many of her seminars. I have done um, private sessions with her. Um, she's just a fabulous person. I, I worked with her when I was in my um, health and fitness business. And then I worked with her when I um, decided to, to branch out into a different business. I just, I love her. I love her to pieces. Um, I love what she shares. Um, I also kind of like how she can jump back and forth so easily. One day she's health and fitness. One day she's the business strategist. And the next day she's back to, you know, the 131 method. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah so versatile. She's really cool. I, I like, I like listening to her. I used to listen to her podcast that was about business. She hasn't done an episode on that in a really long time, but I found right. it really helpful. Um, since I'm not a fitness person, I never really followed her fitness journey, but she did provide really great fitness tips. I mean, fitness mm -hmm. tips, business tips. So it was just really uh, cool to see her go between, you know, being a fitness person, but also being able to provide the business aspect as well. So she's, she's really cool. And that's one I haven't heard before. A lot of people say like the same people, but that's definitely one that I haven't heard from a um, person I was interviewing before. So yeah, I, I picked up probably her 30 day push book when, Oh Lord, back in 2011, 2012, I was living in Europe at the time. And I decided that I just, I, I had a travel blog and I loved it. And it was doing really well. And I decided that I just kind of wanted to do something more entrepreneurial and I just didn't really want to come back to the States and get a real job. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided that I was just going to dive in uh, head first and, and she was the very first, I think, personal development book. Another one would probably be Darren Hardy. I will just eat up everything he says, everything. That man is just a whiz at everything. Cool. Yeah. No, those are two that I haven't heard before. Um, and that's cool to hear a little bit about your, your past. Cause I didn't know that. And I mean, I don't blame you for not wanting to get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> In the burger world, it's not, it's not super exciting. So you're not missing out. <laughs> so yeah, well, it was great having you and definitely share your website URL so that we can find you and also your social channels. Absolutely. I will absolutely do that. Um, you can yeah. find me at, uh, at homeentrepreneur.com just to throw it in here now, or you can find me on Facebook group, hashtag mommy's on a mission. Yeah. And I'll link everything in the show notes so you guys can go and check that out. So you don't have to remember it. Um, but yeah, it was so good having you and I really enjoyed chatting with you about balancing motherhood and your business. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode dash 47. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Based Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.